0: So before I begin, I want to read from the book of Mark in the New Testament, just to provide some context uh, for today's episode. I apologize uh, for the way I sound. I'm recovering from a cold, so just wanted to give that, uh, that full disclosure. So. So in the book of Mark, of course, at this time, Jesus is still alive and he's preaching. I mean, he's spreading the gospel, not just to people who are willing to listen, but to his disciples. And at this point, um, Jesus and his men are about to cross the water. Um, And this is the famous instant where There's a storm and Jesus is in the boat and they're asking themselves, like, why? Why is Jesus asleep? So I'm going to start with verse. Thirty five, this is Mark chapter four, starting with verse thirty five and the same day when the even when the evening was come, but when the even was come, he said unto them, let us pass over into the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude they took him even as he was in the ship and there were also with him other little ships and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow and they awoke him and say unto him master cast thou not carest thou not that we perish and he arose and he rebuked the wind And said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Welcome to the latest episode of the glory in our stories. Life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. Looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? Good morning, good afternoon and good evening Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory Not Stories I'm your host Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. Um, so what I'm going to try to do is post a new episode as often as I can in the next two weeks just to catch up It's been a while since I posted one but I wanted to take this opportunity to do uh, because I do think that it's necessary <coughs> Sorry So for those of you who have been listening, uh, who's been following me on social media, you do know that I entered a new profession over the last five, six months. I'm officially a high school teacher. I teach ELA at a local high school. I also teach an elective of uh, journalism. And it's been a ride. It's been a, um, a, huge, change, a huge change for me uh, spiritually, physically, mentally, psychologically. Um, I've never had anything this challenging up until now so but it's been a very rewarding in so many ways and i wanted to take this opportunity to share that but in reference to the title uh the title of this particular episode is um jesus is in the boat jesus is in the boat i wanted to say that because you know realistically it's hard for us to fully accept that because we're like, okay, if Jesus is in the boat, why am I hurting? If Jesus is in the boat, why why did I lose my mother? If Jesus is in the boat, why did I lose my job? If Jesus is in the boat, why am I sick? If Jesus is in the boat, why am I not happy? Um, But I wanted to state this as a reminder Jesus went on to say that we would even go on to do greater things because of our access to the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left, he was basically saying, yo, I'm about to leave, but I'm about to leave you with something much greater. You know, and it's it's very hard for us to accept that when you were in the presence of Jesus and you and you witness his glory, you witnessed his power. And then you're like, you're about to leave. How are we going to receive that? And he said, trust me. I will leave you with the Holy Spirit so but I wanted to focus on this because I think this was very very applicable to what I experienced over the last five months now I've only been teaching for one semester so I trust me I am nowhere near an expert but I can share you I can share my experiences with you in relation to this because just like many aspects of life you're gonna think that you are alone and God, Jesus said, "You, I will never leave nor forsake you." So, I know a lot of us is like it's easier said than done, but I think this per this was a perfect example in the book of Mark uh, during the storm when Jesus uh, says his famous lines, "Peace, calma be still." That was a command. Uh, that wasn't a question. So, I wanted to talk about three different experiences I ha- I've had as a teacher, not just as a teacher, but a new teacher in a very frightful situation because everything was new to me. Um, So I wanted to share that. And again, I'm gonna talk about three different instances. So the first one is uh, the support, I title it the support. So during uh, this first semester, and I've heard it from many teachers, they said that one of the the most important thing that you ever need to ex, um, be knowledgeable of, or have any degree of control of, is classroom management. You can have the best lesson plan. You can come in there with the most updated material, the most relevant content. But if your classroom is not managed, all that stuff, you could you would go through that. Particular lesson is, is if you would say to yourself, "Man, I should have just thrown this out of the window." It didn't. It didn't land, you know. But having that classroom management does help, so that it creates a environment for you to deliver that in an effective manner. So, uh, my mentor, and doing one, I had I was having a really bad time managing my seventh period classroom last period of the day and she said, you know what? I'm going a, I'm to a come to your classroom. I said, okay. And she was already doing this. This was part of the uh, mentorship program that she was participating in in reference to new teachers. I wasn't the only new teacher she was mentoring. It was several elders. Uh, but <clears throat> during this particular moment I remember walking up to my 7th period class. I think I went to the bathroom and um, she uh, <laughs> she was standing outside my door. My door, and she said, "Miss Peter, come here. Let we'll me speak to you for a moment." So I just, at this time, I'm thinking she's about to tell me something that's gonna hurt my feelings, or something like a, something that I did wrong, you know. But she was like, "It with a smile on her face." She said, "So we're not gonna tolerate anything today. That's what we're gonna do. We're we're, we're not gonna we're not we're gonna walk into this classroom with zero tolerance." And I was like, "Okay, that's what's up." And it was a pep talk. Basically, so what happens is we, we go into the room, she sits in the back and that's it. She doesn't say anything the entire period. The, the period itself is about 50 minutes long and she doesn't say anything. She doesn't say anything to my students, nothing to me. She just sits because she's just there to be supportive. But it's because of her support that I developed this degree of confidence that Changed the atmosphere of my class That that one class right there Changed everything Primarily because of the support she was offering And when she When the kids left She said so how do you think it went I said yo that's one of the best classes I've ever taught And she even concurred She said I Of all the classes that I've visited uh, In reference to this one Including you This was the best one Hands down and i was like yes and it felt good it felt really good but <clears throat> the weeks that followed the, you know the days and the weeks that followed, you know she didn't always come into my room because she had other things to do plus she was a teacher um 14 years you know and she was still um responsible for other things she couldn't be there all the time and i was learning i can't always use her as a as a uh, crutch so I said, CJ, what are you gonna do when she's not there? And I was like, oh, I will teach as if she is. I said, but think beyond that. You know, She can't give you the ability. She's not the source of your power. She's not the source of your confidence. I had to remember that God is, God is the source. So I had to get away from that. I had to not depend on her. So every single day, I had to walk into my classroom, and it's not just with seventh period, with all my periods, and remind myself that Jesus said he would never leave nor forsake me. And um, I remember that um, if the more that that I repeated that, the more that I reiterated that, the more I was reminded that, hey, this is true. This is the one thing that will never change. So I started using that. And then there were days where I would teach my class the same way, whether she was there or not. I do admit when she was there, it still was a degree of support. But I do believe that God was still using her, um, still using her to speak to me, to remind me that God is still present. So. That that was moment number one. That 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 changed the trajectory of my my uh, my teaching from that point on. So this next this next instant, I call it the execution. The execution was me putting things into practice and following all the way through. <clears throat> so it's it's towards the end of the semesters. And my students, um, they have this policy that it, that if uh, you have a 90 average or above, you can exempt the final exam. And I, and I had this one day where I was letting students do makeup work. Um, so they were you know, I had assignments pouring in from left to right. And this one particular student had like a 90 already. And I think he only I think he was already caught up um, but he had this one project due, and he had this, this assignment and So after I put in the grades his average drops one point drops down to an 89 So I come to class um, And this is right. This is the week before um, Well, actually, it's the day that I had that I hand out exemption letters and he he said, Mr. Pennywell, when are you going to hand out exemption letters? I said, I'm about to hand them out in a moment. But in hindsight, you know, but I was thinking to myself, I was like, yo, I don't think you're one of them. I, I, so anyway, I, I hand out the exemption letters and he's like, Mr. Pennywell, where's, where, where's my exemption letter? And I said, oh, you don't get one. You have an 89. And his uh, face crumples up and he's like, no, that's not right. I have a 90. Last time I checked, I said you know, in a, in a not verbatim, but in other words, I basically say you know, you should probably wanna check again. So he checks and he's complaining with one of his classmates and he's getting a little loud. He's complaining loud enough for me to hear. And he's using some you know some foul language which I does not which I don't tolerate in my class. Uh, but he's using some foul language and I can tell he's bothered, but he's overstepping that, that boundary which is You're doing something I don't tolerate so now i have to speak to you. So I say can you come outside and he doesn't move I said can you come outside please and he doesn't move so I walk outside and I'm about to And I'm looking for the one of the assistant principals and I can't find them But eventually he gets up he comes outside He's obviously upset because he's talking at me He's not looking at me in the eyes and he's traditionally a good student who always looks me in my eyes But he at this point he's upset so he's basically saying i don't understand why i have an 89 when i gave you all my work and i told him well no you didn't you didn't give me this and long story short it was a misconfusion it was it was uh it was yeah it was mis mis miscomprehension just a misunderstanding Uh, but we both were in our feelings I was feeling violated as a teacher because he's talking to me in a particular way. He felt misunderstood because he's a student that traditionally does his work and didn't understand why he got the grade that he got. So I sent him to another classroom and then I went back in my class and I started because we were reviewing for the exam. So time passes and while I'm, while I'm writing on the board, I, I asked myself. I said, CJ, is there is there by is there any chance that something was done wrong on your end? And I thought about it. And I said, you know what? It probably is. I probably said something in a way that he didn't understand, hence causing a fracture in the communication. So I was like, okay, yeah, my, I probably could have handled that differently. So next time I see him, hopefully it's soon. I will speak to him. Not knowing that simultaneously while this is happening in my class, while I'm thinking this in front of my students, while reviewing, God is putting something in the works. Because in the classroom uh, where I sent my student is where my mentor is. And she told us new students, and if ever we have issues with a student, just send them to her classroom because she understands. But while he was in there, she just so happened to not have anybody in there. So she asked him, she's like, yo, so what happened? And he tells her and he, she basically says, despite, don't you think it was kind of disrespectful the way that you spoke to him? And he's like, yeah. So she sends him to my class to apologize. So I'm, I'm standing at the front of the, the, the class and I hear this knock at the door. Then somebody opens it because I keep my, de- my room locked, my door locked, like all of us are supposed to. And he peeks his head in and says, Miss Pennywick, Mr. Pennywell, can I talk to you? He said, Yeah. So I walk out there and all he says is, I wanna apologize for the way I acted. I shouldn't have acted like that. That was very disrespectful. He didn't ask to have his grade changed. He just said, I wanna apologize. And I looked at him and I said, First of all, I accept your apology And then I said, Second, um I not only do not only do I accept your apology, but Thank you for that. Secondly, I said, it was just a misunderstanding now that I think about it. And I looked at him. I said, Chandler, you're one of my best students, you know, and it was just a big misunderstanding, man. So what I'm going to do is tweak because he actually did the assignment. It was just he didn't complete it because he thought he wasn't supposed to based on something that I said and that I could have said differently. So he took it differently and I take fault in that. So I told him, I will make it so that your grade gets bumped up to the 90 that it had before um, so that you can exempt my class. And he was like, thank you. So I told him, yeah, I'll just come by by the end of the day and I'll have your exemption letter ready. So they <clears throat> passes by and he gets back to me And he's like, hey, Mr. Pennywell, say hey. And while I'm getting his letter, he goes to the board and all day we've been um, reviewing for this exam and we've been playing this review game. And in order for my students to tally their points, they were using these magnetic circles on the board. And he just upon himself decided to collect them and hand them to me and help me out. And I was like, thank you for that. He said, no problem, Mr. Pennywell and I handed him his exemption letter. And ever since then, every time he sees me, he says, hey, Mr. Pinoyale, I say, hey Chandler. Um, So yeah, he, um, very man, very good student, very good, but what really riveted me was how God was working with me internally, what he was doing internally. And wow, not only was God speaking to me, but God had already maneuvered the situation where he gave us both a chance to redeem ourselves. And next time I see him, I'm going to tell him, I say, you did something in that one moment as a 14 year old that many men never do that are like three to four times your age. I said even I didn't have the gumption to do what you just did at your age and you just out did all of us. (laughs) So um, God worked with me in that moment and at that same time I was executing um, my technique as a teacher and one of them was exhibiting grace not just for the students but for myself. So yeah that was a beautiful moment, and because of that, me and this particular student has a have a certain understanding. I expect you to do what you do, and you should expect me to be honest and not lie to you, to be who I am, to be trustworthy, uh, to be uh, transparent, and to be authentic and to be intentional. <clears throat> So this last one, I'll call it the reminder, the reminder. So the first one was the support I had with my mentor when she came into my class. Second one is the execution when I'm putting out, you know, everything that I've learned into practice. And then I call it the reminder, a reminder that lets me know that I'm exactly where I need to be. Going back to the book of Mark, Mark four, where we're just. All we need to be is just be in the boat because that's where Jesus is and a lot of us and you hear a lot of peace pastors say a lot of people say that we mistake God's silence for his absence that is not true Um, he's there and if at any moment he can stop the chaos but during this particular moment he wanted you to remember that no matter how rocky things get he's still there and for me the reason why this last one is titled The Reminder, because I'm re- reminded of why I am where I am at this particular time in my life. So I had a student who, um, and again, we're taking exams and um, she got in trouble um, right before uh, my class and. While we were sitting in class, and she was already done with her exam. She's actually one of my students who does very well academically. She looks at me and she said, Mr. can I'll speak to you for a moment. I said, sure. So we go outside and she says, so I, like, I just got in trouble and um, I wanted to explain why. I said, okay. So I listened to her and she basically tells me that she was called doing something um, because it helps her manage her depression slash anxiety. And I explained to her, I said, you know what? I get that. I get it. And I said, well, what you need to do, you're going to have to find another healthy. You have to find a healthy alternative. Because number one is obviously going to do harm to your body. Uh, Number two, you can't do it at school. So you're going to have to find something else. Is there anything else that you're highly interested in? that you can like devote your energy into. And she was like, she thought for a second, she's like, Mm-mm. and I said, it has to be something because this is, it's not healthy what you're doing. And I said, another thing you have to consider is you were caught with something that didn't even belong to you. It was your friends. So apparently your friend was okay with you holding this, knowing there's a possibility that you might get caught and get in trouble. So you might want to consider a different group of friends. Um because good friends wouldn't allow that to happen to you, they wouldn't have put you in that situation, so um the reason why she didn't want to talk have this talk with someone else was she felt like they wouldn't understand, and I was trying to explain to her that yeah, I get it, but at the same time you, you're gonna have to reap the consequences because you have to you you did you you did the deed, so you have to pay the consequences um. Sorry that it has to be that way, but this can be prevented in the future if you, you know, rethink your choices. So, what really caught my attention was that she was listening. At the beginning of the semester, I had to pull her out of my class. She did not make eye contact with me at all. Matter of fact, she had on sunglasses, sunglasses in class, and she did not look at me. But during this time, she didn't have sunglasses on and she looked me dead in my eyes the entire time. And I said, do you understand? And she said, yes, sir. Because she was listening. That took four months, if not five, for us to get to that point. But in that moment, I was reminded that all God has to say is peace, be still. If he can say that, at any moment, what makes us believe that his presence alone has less power? Think about that. So I was reminded that even though things are rocky, even though the storm feels unbearable, God is still present. He's still there. If God can be in the midst of your trouble and take a nap on a pillow trust me he has everything under control because there's no problem for him there's no problem a lot of people are very afraid of flying and then you hear about people who get on a plane right and as soon as it's taxing they fall asleep and you're like what yeah because it's no, it's no issue. There's no, there's nothing for them to worry about. Jesus didn't have to worry. He's Jesus. He's the, he's, he's got, he's the Word in flesh. He's the truth. He's the light. He's the way. So, I said that because I wanted us to be reminded. That whatever, whatever it takes for us to remember that, use that. There's on my bulletin board. There's a quote from the song Gyra with Maverick City Maverick City Music and Elevation Church at Elevation Worship. And there's a line in there that says, "I know who I am." Uh What is it? "I know who I am." Let me look it up, y'all, cuz I don't want to say this wrong. And I I I want it I wanted to put this up because it really. I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. Again, it says, I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. So I have that on my bulletin board so that at any time things feel overwhelming, I just look. And I remember that. I remember. I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. So, when things feel very, very heavy, and it seems like you're being pulled from both ends, you're not in it alone. God knows exactly what you're going through. Sometimes we think God does. Yes, He does. He does, because he allowed you to experience it. God is never going to let you go through something like, man, I ain't got no rule book for this. Oh, man, he just going to have to or she just going to figure this out. No, he's already figured it out what he's doing. He's placing you in a position to depend on him. That's what he's doing. And with that comes maturity, comes growth. Comes wisdom. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Um, Again, I'll be delivering more, um, but I wanted to share those three experiences because those were the most pivotal, pivotal moments in my teaching career over the last five months. Um, Just remember that God is in the boat. He's in the boat. He's in the boat with you. Uh, Love you guys. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your holidays. Christmas is a couple of days away. Um, I hope we remember the reason for the season It's so easy to get caught up in the shopping And the anxiety of trying to buy a present for everyone um, But the, big, the biggest gift we ever received was our salvation Knowing that death has no toll on us That death has no contract with us um, For us to remember that we're already, we're already loved We're already chosen We know who we are we know what God has spoken. Uh, this is the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories with your host, Calvin Wayne Jr., uh, titled, uh, God is in the Boat. Yo, thank you all for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories.